morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another episode of the Edge Podcast. How are you this late evening, Rally? I'm good, man. I'm uh, I'm feeling pretty pumped, honestly. <clears throat> We're uh, recording this at about 11 p.m. the night before training, but you know, it's uh, it is what it is. I'm I'm super stoked. You know, we got training coming up, and I'm excited to you know get to see everyone and present. Obviously, I've been practicing a lot with you and. Um, some of the other DMs and stuff, so I'm feeling pretty good, and uh, I'm just excited to get started and kind of like get everyone pumped up for the year. How are you? Definitely, I'm doing good. Well, we're two nights before training. We get to set up the room tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that as like a first day because basically like, for us, yeah, yeah. We get to us. get set up. We get to figure out where people are sitting. Yeah. Get the room all organized, and that's where the excitement really begins. Yeah, yeah. I like, and I've never really been a part of the setup process. I've always just kind of shown up 7.30 on Friday, and obviously that's super exciting, but I think partaking in the other part of it, even though it's obviously just like set up, it's still, it's a new thing, and it's it's super exciting, and since we haven't been in person for, you know, two years now, yeah. uh, pretty much, it's, uh, it's really exciting to get back in person, and obviously like BC had it last weekend, and I heard it went really well, which was super cool, but I'm just kind of excited to get to our part of it. Me too. Me too. It's going to be really cool because when you think about it on its simplest terms, we're putting paper down in a room, but it's the very first step in getting people set up to, for most people to run their first successful business, which is a really cool thing to think about, to put it into perspective like that, because there's so many people, so many students who are stepping into this world in the next two days. Because at this point, they've went through their information sessions, they have had their interviews, they've been hyped up by X number of phone calls by their district managers, they've been added to different Facebook pages, and they've seen glimpses. But it's not really until you're in person at training that you think, wow, this is special. Definitely, yeah. And there's one thing that I'm I'm never going to forget. It was actually my first day of training. It was a guy named Ross Turner and I were standing in the back of the room looking around and Ross could tell that I was very uncomfortable and he came up to me and I don't know if it works or not, but he looked at me and said, I want you to look around for a couple of seconds. It's like, okay, I don't know why so I looked around and he goes, do it again. So I looked around one more time and he goes, I want you to take this in because every person that is in the room at training are such a high caliber of an individual. They all are such high performing people that have been hand selected to be part of a really unique opportunity to step in and learn the ropes of what it actually takes to run a successful company. Definitely. And like at a young age, that's a, that's super cool. I like that. I think that's uh, probably like, <clears throat> like you said, it might not have worked, but it, like obviously it stuck with you, right? Like that's yeah. a pretty special moment, which is super cool. Um, but yeah, like it's it's very cool to kind of just the idea of like overseeing everything and just kind of looking into it and being like, this is like a room of extremely like dedicated and hardworking students who are excited to, for the first time in their lives start a business for themselves at like such a young age, whether it's, you know, they're 18 or 23 or 24, like 
doesn't matter. Like it's a, it's a huge step, obviously it's a huge risk. It's a huge jump and leap. And a lot of people like, obviously people who are very successful say they obviously would never have been in the position that they were in without taking risks. And like, I think it's super cool um, that this is like, obviously that first risk that they've taken because they don't know what's coming. They don't really understand the full caliber of anything. And when they step into that room, I'm sure like you, everyone is extremely nervous and extremely antsy to get started and learn these things and kind of just get out and kind of get started for themselves. Definitely. I'm really excited for you for your first year coaching as well, because to be able to have the impact you can have and to be the person that's really there as people's right hand man to guide them through the process is a very unique feeling. It's a very unique opportunity that you it puts it into perspective how how awesome these people are and just how willing they are to learn and to take guidance and like i said when we talked last week they're willing to jump in with blind faith and they have blind faith in you and they're going to and every one of your people is going to look up to you yeah no and that's a super exciting part of it obviously i actually had uh one of my franchisees call me yesterday and ask me a couple questions just because they want to get ahead of ahead of the game. And then today when we were practicing our speeches for kind of training, just making sure we obviously had it really down because it's a really important thing to obviously ensure that we're saying the right things and really amping people up to go out and see success. Um, I got another call from one of my other franchise owners and she like had a whole list of questions about the system. She's like, I'm sorry. Like, I know we're probably going to go through them at training, but I'm like so antsy. I'm so excited. I just want to get started. I have a couple questions for you personally, just about kind of like what you think about things and, you know, what you think is important and all these like little, just little questions. And it was cool to see that enthusiasm because obviously I've always felt it, but I've never really like been able to coach people who have seen it. So that's Mm -hmm. like a whole different side of it. And I'm super excited to see how much not only my people get out of this weekend, but like everyone else who's obviously new at this and people who are coming back that maybe did well but maybe not as good as they would have wanted and like they're super excited to just kind of get off the ground and I guess like take that next step in improving themselves and their business and learning more and um, I think it's an amazing weekend to get people super psyched about that yeah you're you're super right in that but I know we're gonna be talking a lot about student works in the next few upcoming weeks so why don't you tell me a little bit about what's been up with your life lately? What's what's new? What's been happening? Sure. Yeah, there's um, a lot of changes, I guess. Like, um, I know I mentioned briefly on the last episode about the gym. That's something that I'm starting to take a little bit more seriously. Um, I'm finding a lot of, I guess, like happiness and like comfort in going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Um when I was a kid, I used to get picked on a lot for being a little bit bigger, I guess, or like I, not, <laughs> not super fit. And so um, I've kind of found this like undue confidence, I guess, in going there, even though I obviously don't have like, you know, the progress that I want, aren't lifting as heavy as I'd like and like, don't have that body that I want or like, you know, I, I'm, I'm just kind of in the starting phases, but being just like adding that like really like positive habit to my life has been a huge thing that I've seen a lot of happiness in which is super cool Um, but also one of the things I'm going to be talking about at training 
but also kind of something I've just seen in my personal life is like I'm actually giving myself the time out of my business to kind of do things for me and take that time away to kind of try and improve myself and I, th- I think that that's giving me a lot of like um, I guess like positive mindset and that's been super cool for me so I would say that's like one of the big things that's kind of come in recently uh, I got some renos going on in my house right now which is super exciting because there's a couple things I didn't like about it and they're getting changed so I'm going to like really start enjoying my space a bit more um, you know I, I'm starting to see my friends more spend a little bit more time with them and, and just kind of like really find a super healthy I guess life work balance mm-hmm. um, because of something I've never really given myself the opportunity to kind of do so recently that's something that I've been really focusing on yeah yeah, which is super important. It's about that balance. It's about that balance to be the most high-performing individual you can be is you need to have the both sides of it. You need to have, obviously, the business side, but it's also important to take care of yourself as well. And with the gym, you said you made a lot of changes with, with your eating as well. Like, what have, What are some of the changes you made, and what do you find that's working for you? Yeah, so... Um... I guess like with regards to my eating habits, like I've been trying to eat more simplified meals because, um, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm following kind of like this little program and it's called Kino body. Super cool. Um, very educational actually kind of teaches you, uh, a really solid workout program that changes so that you don't plateau throughout your, obviously, obviously through your progress. Um, but it also teaches you kind of what you need to eat on a daily basis, what your protein intake should be, your calories, your fats, so that you're eating the proper amount per day and that you're not like overeating or undereating, but you're eating like a healthy amount to be able to gain muscle, lose fat, kind of like, you know, properly and healthful, um, in a very healthy way, change your body, I guess. So I've been following that quite strictly. Um, it just kind of basically focuses on kind of those three main aspects of like calorie intake, protein intake, and then the fats and, uh, cal- uh fats and carbs are kind of more loose, I guess you could say, because one of the big things he stresses is like the biggest thing is ensuring you hit your protein and your calories for the day because that's mm-hmm. the easiest things to do. And then the other ones typically will fall into place. So being that I'm following this, like, again, his plan really calls for a lot of like simplified eating. So instead of eating all these like different meals all the time, switching them up frequently, um, <clears throat> it's very s- simple eating. Like, you know, eat this much protein a day. So like maybe that looks like, 10 ounces of steak, for example, and then like uh, two potatoes cut up into like potato wedges or like sweet potatoes or whatever, or, you know, this many ounces of chicken and like rice and a side salad. <clears throat> it's just like very simplified eating so that you like focus on your protein intake and then you can kind of track the other portions of your meal as well and, and kind of just work around that. So, I found that like trying to like track those things a little bit more uh, specifically has helped me kind of understand myself a little bit better, understand my body, how it works, what I should be eating, what I shouldn't be eating. And funny enough, actually like starting to track calories, I've found quite frequently um, I'll eat things that I'm like, oh shit, like... (laughs) there's like that many calories in that like for example like if i use olive oil to cook like i didn't know per tablespoon it was like 90 calories for olive oil like usually you just you know sprinkle oil in a pan you don't think about it as like something you're intaking but just like little things like that like it actually makes sure that you don't 
overconsume because especially with me like one of my main goals is to to lose weight so overeating on the calories is, is something that you obviously don't want to do so being able to kind of just understand that a little bit more and track those things a little bit more closely uh, has been super cool it's obviously given me a little bit more understanding of myself and it's something that i found to be super interesting honestly yeah it's nutrition can be definitely fascinating i think with that too do you ever pay attention to because obviously i don't i don't agree with cutting out oils to be honest no 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 like it's not sorry no it's not cutting out oils it's just understanding what calories are in what okay i wasn't saying like i don't cut it out i cook with them everything it's just like i never would have thought to track my olive oil because i didn't think there was anything in it Mm -hmm. but being that like just being more aware of like hey like you know i'm gonna use this in my meal but like what does that kind of look like yeah has allowed me a little bit more inference for so you know, like for example, oils, yeah, sure. And like butter, you know, maybe I make popcorn and put like a little bit of butter on it. I didn't know how much calories were in butter, never would have thought to count them. But just being a bit more aware has been uh, the fascinating part is like understanding that more. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that that's I personally do too, so that way I can I can maintain my body composition where it's at, is to be mindful of not necessarily the the calories but the quality of the calories because for myself there are definitely days where i will exceed what i should in calories but i eat a very clean diet for the most part yeah and like my 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 daily if i just had an average day i eat a ton of just chicken and lots of coconut oil mct oils things that are good good, phenomenal for you yeah good fats and stuff so it it, it's as simple as as calories in calories out in terms of actually losing weight but it's also so important to track the quality of them as well so even if you were looking at the different oils you're using yes olive oil would be adding 90 calories but the quality of that oil would be mitigated if you were to, or well, sorry, the calories in that oil could be mitigated to an extent if you were to exchange that oil for a higher quality, such as say an MCT oil. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And like, it, it's just been super cool to kind of understand those things. Like obviously uh, eating more than your, your maintenance calories or like the calories that you're supposed to eat to lose weight. It's totally cool because it actually helps balance your metabolism quite a bit because mm-hmm. um, your body gets too used to eating too few calories and it doesn't actually burn things properly. Yeah, which causes people to rebound. Yeah, yeah, because like they, you know, they maybe they eat too much one day and then their body wants more food the next day. And it, yeah, so that's totally that's fine. That's actually part of this thing too is ensuring that there's one to two refeed days per week, which you like eat more than your maintenance calories, so that your body can kick back into like burning fat and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like obviously making sure that you're eating proper things because at the end of the day like if you eat 1500 calories you're supposed to eat 2000 you're gonna lose weight even if it's mcdonald's but is your body really going to be like energized and like using the proper nutrients that it should be right Mm -hmm. and the body composition at the end of the plan as well yeah right and it's one of the things that i think is one of the more important metrics to track is more than just weight is the actual like i said your your body composition that's why uh probably three or four years ago, I went on Amazon and I got a body composition scale 
and it what it does is instead of of tracking my weight i track my body fat my body my body muscle percentages and then my body water to make sure that regardless of the number that comes up on the on the weight that my body's going to perform at the level that i want it to perform at and that i'm going to have the energy because if i keep my body fat percent below 12 percent, if i keep my body muscle at a high enough area my body water full enough and i'm having the right a good enough quality of food i personally find that i can just perform at a much higher level and that allows me to have a little bit more flexibility in things as well because i also have a very i guess from the way that you described it a very very simple diet i guess i have my meals are very very structured and i have similar things at similar times each day which can definitely get pretty boring at times but that's okay i can just change up the type of sauce i put on things i can change up i don't know chicken for a different type of beef or something else that will help keep me yeah satisfied. yeah and like simplified eating it, it's like the reason it's successful is because you know exactly what it is so like you know you're eating let's say two six ounce steaks you know exactly the protein intake that you're getting you know exactly what kind of calories that's going to look like so it just like simplifies your eating overall and and that's why like it works really well is because when you eat similar things it's very easy to track it's very easy to stay on schedule but when you start switching up things every every day or you know doing complex meals it's very hard to track those things mm-hmm. it's a pain in the ass to make all the time definitely i, I love <laughs> i love cooking but there's days where you'll get home and if you have this massive meal plan it's just a chore to do but you also said you're doing some renovations in your house what because i also know that your your longer term goal with this place is to eventually rent it out well you want to build a suite in the basement and then to rent it out so with the renovations you're doing kind of what's your strategy behind them um, so upstairs, um, our bathroom was pretty old school. Um, the grout in the tiling and everything was starting to fall out. It was starting to have holes. You could see like, you know, faints of black mold starting, which is like fine, easy enough to clean, but like it consistently came back just cause it was so old and it needed to be fixed. So <clears throat> we decided to rip out the tile, rip out the bath where we put a new tub in, we're putting new tiling in pretty straightforward renovation and then I'm just going to paint the bathroom make it a little bit more fresh so that one's super simple but a little bit more long term obviously it'll increase the value of the house because bathrooms and kitchens are what sell houses at the end of the day Mm -hmm. Um, so having a nice bathroom will obviously be a huge value add um, but also will kind of draw people in like when I do rent it because they'll kind of see that the time and effort has been put there Um, in the kitchen in the upcoming summer I'm going to be changing my counters out whoever was in here before put an epoxy over top of laminate and super stupid idea because every time something spills on the counter it like obviously it's it's a very porous substance so it literally like stains it if you drop something on it it chips it nicks it because it's just like a like a, a top coat of some sorts so counter's horrible there's so many stains on it i've only lived here for a couple months i guess um so that needs to be changed. I'm going to change it to granite. It's going to be a little bit more obviously durable, which is going to be good for renters. It's not going to chip. It's not going to stain. It's not going to look like shit. Uh, be much easier to upkeep. So I'm going to be doing that. Uh, and then uh, 
my house is basically a split level so when you walk in there's kind of like a landing area probably like 150 square feet 200 square feet about that yeah yeah um so i'm going to be closing that off because some stairs go up some stairs go down from that landing area going to close that off put a washer and dry in there so it's like a full suite so that they can kind of obviously do their own laundry and then in the basement i need to build out like a, a full suite basically so i need to put in an entrance a kitchen um kind of fix it up make sure that i put in a bedroom so that they obviously have a bedroom because the way it's structured just isn't super workable right now so i'm just going to kind of work that in put in a closet make sure it's obviously a livable area uh, my house i purposefully bought it in a zoned area that i could actually renovate and then rent it out legally so that's kind of taken care of so really like my idea is to ensure that there's two fully functioning separate suites in the one household um, and kind of working out the numbers after, you know, property taxes, any kind of money that I need to put into the house and everything. It should be like a couple hundred dollars profit each month, which will obviously probably just go into a savings account for now to kind of fix any problems in the home that might come up um, or be uh, kind of put into like a future other rental property. Yeah. No, I think that's that's a it's a pretty solid plan. Have you thought about how long it's going to take for you to actually get the return on your money versus if you were to rent the house out as it is? Because real estate fascinates me. I've taken so many deep dives down it. I've actually was looking at a house about a week and a half ago. It was a phenomenal deal, but it was too good of a deal. It was sold in three days. But that's one of the things to keep in mind too when you're doing all these big renovations is how long is it going to take for you to actually see the return on that versus if you were to just rent it out as is because there's definitely the upside of having a suite especially if you were to live here you can house hack it but when you're renting them both out yeah that's going to be a couple hundred dollars maybe a hundred dollars two hundred dollars in profit per month but that's a lot of months so if i was to rent out the house as is in the area that it is in the city uh full house i could probably rent out for about 1700 bucks a month because the downstairs wouldn't be valued as an actual living space. It'd probably just be extra space. If I rent it out as a top floor and bottom floor, the funny enough, uh, the top floor I can probably rent for about fourteen to fifteen hundred. So pretty much the same value as if I rented out the house. But the basement would be an additional nine hundred bucks to a thousand bucks a month. So I'd be making about an extra eight hundred bucks a month on that extra suite, so long as both were obviously rented. So it's I'm expecting rentals to be about twenty five grand, twenty five to thirty. So it would only take, I don't know, four years, five years max to kind of gain the value back. That's not bad. No. So are you only hoping to hold the house until you hit your break even, or are you gonna be selling it? No, I'll hold it for for, for much longer. Um, they're planning to potentially put a school in, kind of close, which will increase the value of the home, which is great. Um, but no, I plan to hold this one for like ten, fifteen years probably, and. Actually, my plan this year, if I can make it happen, dependent upon income and how the market is, because I was talking to one of our old student works friends, uh, who's a realtor now, and she just said the market is ridiculous right now. So buying a house doesn't make a lot of sense. There's very few homes and a lot of buyers looking. So dependent upon the market, dependent upon my income that I'm able to kind of earn this year, I would really love to purchase another rental this year, but I don't know if it's 100% going to be possible. Um, cause after one year, I don't have to worry about paying taxes on the capital gains from this house. That's kind of how it works with, with the rental, uh, kind of industry, in I guess Alberta, at least yeah. in Alberta. Yeah. So we'll kind of see what the market looks like, but 
I'd really love to get into a new house at some point in the next year if I can. And then this one would be obviously fully renovated, hopefully rented out to two people. And I'd kind of be on, on to my next project, which would most likely be a two suite, if not more. But it, it's probably going to be a duplex again, just because it makes sense to kind of take that next step. And then potentially after that, I'd be looking into something maybe a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, multifamily is what I want to get into. There's a lot of different phenomenal areas of both Calgary, Lethbridge, Edmonton, Alberta, especially, where you can get fourplexes for not a lot more money than duplexes. And when you have the extra two suites, even if the two, if each suite is renting out for two hundred dollars less than the each suite on the duplex, that's still four suites at two hundred dollars less than two suites would be right yeah so at that point you're only really needing to like rent out three basically yeah and you're making more yeah yeah and and at that point too you have the the extra capital well not the extra capital the extra income to afford a property manager to take care of a lot of those bigger things for you so then you'd have the more time to focus on dming and the painting company instead of having to worry as much about all these little minor tenant issues and having people call you saying, Hey, my toilet's clogged or Hey, yeah, this small thing yeah. is going wrong. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely an interesting uh, idea, obviously. And I think, I think it's really cool because talking to a lot of the operators recently, a lot of people are starting to get a little bit more interested in, in investments and what they're going to do with the money that they earn during the summer. And like mm-hmm. a lot of people are kind of weighing a bit more towards real estate. So I think it's super cool that again, um, our company provides a super cool opportunity for all these 18 to 25 year olds to go out and buy properties when typically people aren't looking at properties until their thirties and with a dual income. Yeah. I think that's a super unique and super cool opportunity, obviously for, for a lot of people. Um, and then the, the connections as well, like you said, you were talking to, I know you're talking, you're talking to Kathy. Yeah. Um, to have those connections in different worlds from the people who have done this, who have been a part of this, who have been successful or not as successful that you would have built these relationships with that are in basically every field you can name. Because even when I was looking at that property down near Lethbridge, I told Kathy about it. She, she right away was like, find me the MLS. I'll get you some info. I was like, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Cause again, like you said, like, and I, and I I just I keep getting brought back to this like whole thing of like Ross telling you to look around because if you think about it like you're looking at a room of people who all have these huge aspirations whether it's in business or not whether it's like you know medical or law or architecture or engineering or business all of these people are going to be um, you know fantastic in their specific fields because they're going to have all this experience and they're going to have that drive to go out and do a lot of things that a lot of people in their field won't want to do. Um, but you also get to come up in the same environment and company and culture as all of these fantastic people and make all these super cool connections with people you probably would have never met or talked to, say, you were if you were just in school or if you did a co-op. Because if you go do a co-op at a specific company, you're only talking to people who are in finance, in management, in HR, whatever. Yeah, we're you don't get to talk math. to people from like a hundred different fields, basically, who are going to do a hundred different things with their life. And when you're around that for long enough, you know, three, four, five years, you're meeting like a shit ton of people who are going to be doing really cool things in all the all these different industries, and you get to build all those connections. Yeah. 
Yeah, and one thing you said too that's that is one of my favorite parts about what we do and what we're part of is, is the culture. It's it's a, it, you're super right in saying that it's a very high performing culture, but everyone also is a ton of fun to be around, and I love that. And that's something that I really hope that everyone that that leaves our, our company is able to take with them is able to take the ability to step into whatever they go, whatever business or they step into or whatever position they step into and bring that aspect of, of culture to it because that's lacking in so many different companies and just that, that drive because you see, you hear so many stories, people who are in these quote unquote dead ends, nine to five jobs, but they don't have to be like that. They need a leader to step in and really reinvigorate the business to give everybody a reason they want to come to work because at the end of the day most people at least went to school for something that they obviously had a deep passion for they had a reason for wanting to do it and i really believe that a a bad boss or a bad leader can can ruin somebody's love for a field so that's something that I really hope that people that we've met with and that I'm, I'm confident people we've met with throughout this company are able to bring with them places is the ability to help others really refine their passion. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think the point of like how a, a poor manager or leader can ruin someone because, you know, like, for example, let's say someone goes to try and work in construction and their boss doesn't care about safety or doesn't do things properly or like tries to skip corners like that person's going to be fairly turned off probably of wanting to go work in a construction industry because they're probably going to just associate that with that specific industry rather than being able to separate the fact that maybe that was just that specific person so having people who understand the actual business aspect of it and like how to treat people how to lead people how to run a proper and safe job site how to provide clients with quality projects is something that is a really cool skill to learn early that you can bring into whatever that kind of looks like. Um, I remember like in a lot of my info sessions, uh, people from different fields would ask, um, you know, have people done this before that are like an engineer? And I'm like, oh yeah, definitely. And yeah, you know, can give you five phone numbers to call. <laughs> yeah. I can give you a, a shit ton of people to kind of talk to, but at the end of the day, it's like, it doesn't really matter what you're going to go do. It's you want to come into this to learn the habits and how to do things properly. It doesn't matter that we're painting. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what business you run, but that you're learning how to run a business and you're learning the good habits and you're learning how to manage your time and how to talk to clients and how to hire people and how to lead people. All of these things are super relevant in every single field that you might go into in the future, but learning how to do it on a very like, you know, tricycle based level, I guess you could call it, um, will allow you to go out and ride the bike in your specific industries significantly better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which will make people just that much more employable and that much more desirable and be able to really just create their path more so than anything else, whether that path is in a field, whether they do decide to take the real estate route or any other sort of just business route they start their own company if they do literally anything and even with one thing i just want to touch on quick too we were talking a lot about the real estate things there's so many other ways to invest your money 
Yep. <laughs> yep, there is. The real estate is not the only option. It's it's an option that you and I are very interested in, but also even if you look at even just the stock market over the past couple of years, the S and P five hundred and TSX have returns over twenty percent returns consistently over the past two years, which is absolutely insane. So you could have made way better returns in the market with properly invested money than you would have been able than you would have been able to from real estate in the past few years. But is that going to continue? Maybe there's a risk aspect behind any sort of investment, and that's why it's super important to for people who are wanting to go into whatever field, especially if that's in an investing direction to have a strong purpose behind what they want to do, which is kind of why I wanted to ask you a little bit about your reasons with your house. Cause I was curious to see how deeply you've thought about the long-term aspects of this house, because so many people I see when they have their goals and they set up what they want to do, they'll say, Oh, I want $20,000 for investing. It's like, okay, what do you want? What do you want to invest in? I don't know. What do you want that to return for you in X number of years? I don't know. And you need to have, something that we go back to every time we talk, you need to have a why you need to have an understanding of, of what you want to get out of something long-term. And that's a chat that I had with one of my people during our setup meeting was they told me that they wanted, I think it was $20,000 to invest and they didn't necessarily have the why. So a cool exercise I told them to do was to look into the actual impact that say investing $5,000 less would have in for them. I think they're 20, 20, 21 years old or young. Um, but what that would have in 40 years for them. Yeah. Because it can make a massive impact because we're at a young enough age that if people are able to invest their money properly now and get started as early as humanly possible, even if it's a few dollars a month, they have the ability to be set up for the rest of their life yeah definitely um i think a lot of people don't think long term and i think it's super cool that a lot of people are starting to look into it in our company but like just more like just in general as well yeah yeah because it's about you know setting yourself up long term it's a really important and thing and like with obviously with the market being so high and inflation increasing so much like your money's not going nearly as far and like next couple years you know, 10,000 bucks is only actually going to be worth about 7,500 in the bank, you know? So it's about thinking about those things too, is like, I might earn all this money, but like, how far is it going to go? And what's it actually going to get me? Because you have to think about those things. Yeah. And even a very common exercise people use, it's called the, it's called the 4% rule. You take what you would like to be earning per year off of your investments um, when you were in your retirement age and you assume that that would be 4% of your entire portfolio, which would account for three to 4% inflationary rates on an, on a, on a portfolio that was seeing a seven, 8% returns. So that way you'd be able to pull out your 4% annually, but with inflation at the rate that it is right now, is it going to continue at this rate? Absolutely not. It cannot long-term, There's no, no way, definitely. but it's something to really be mindful of right now too that in inflation is is going up at, at a fast enough rate that the whole 4% rule might not be as applicable in a couple of years. So it's even more important to get started early to even just say have the worst case scenario in place so then you can draw at 3% and still have the same income. 
that you would want when you're actually retired, which is why it's so insanely important. And even, I think it was this weird little Instagram reel I saw the other day. It was um, a woman talking about how if you were to put, maybe these numbers are completely wrong, but the ideas behind it's right, that if you were to put, I think it was $100 a month away for 40 years, starting at 25, at 65, you'd have a million dollars. Again, those numbers might be totally off. But if you were to start at 35, you'd have 300,000. Right? Yeah, because yeah, of the compound interest. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's insane. It's uh, it's crazy to think about like how starting so much earlier is so important. And I remember when I was talking with Jordan when I first started working with him, he was super stoked for me because he's like, I didn't really start investing until much later than you obviously are. And it's super cool to think about how much further ahead you're going to be, and you know how much you, how much further your money's going to go because you started earlier. He's like, I didn't really understand it until it was a little bit later. But it's very cool to see all these, you know, new operators, you know, friends, family, whatever that kind of looks like wanting to start earlier because their money's going to go so much further long term. Yeah. Yeah, it really will. And especially from people who come from different, different backgrounds as well. It, it's hard to develop that mindset, which is why it's cool to be around other people that, that, that think like that. And yeah. someone like Jordan is so he, he's done so much for not only the company, but also so many people's lives. And he's had such a strong impact on everyone that he's had the opportunity to work with, which is really cool to see kind of who he is and how he's been able to do that with people and something that we can both really look up to as we, as we move on in life, um, both in student works and otherwise, because he, when he's gives it, he loves giving advice to people because he looks at it in terms of this conversation that him and I had a while ago. He looks at it in terms of not, he doesn't see it as competition. He sees it as, Hey, I'm 10 years ahead of where you are. I see the impact. Take my advice. Listen to me, please. Yeah. Yeah. And, and don't make this mistake, but do these things cause they're actually going to pay off for you. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, again, like with, with his Menchie's business, obviously that was a risk. He, he saw it as like a really great opportunity. It didn't pan out, but that's okay because he learned a lot from it. So much sucks that he's still paying for it, but like he probably learned so much from that experience that has helped him you know significantly change the way that he does things probably changes the way he looks at potentially opening another business um and and with that wealth and all this he's able to help all the operators and like help them ensure that they understand where their money can go and how much it can do for them so i think on the on the topic of like rental properties and stuff that's why i'm so interested in it is because i know that there's so many people that have seen success doing it. And so long as you're smart and you don't do it with no clear vision as to what you're trying to get out of it, it can be very successful. Yeah. Yeah, it, it absolutely can. And the vision often comes from the people around you. And it's, it's important to whatever direction people want to go to use a mentor use somebody who can help guide them even when i was running my my franchise i had a client his name was phil phil was an amazing guy he was a real estate investor in lethbridge who i got to work with for a couple different years back to back and he taught me so much about the real estate world again similar to jordan not in terms of of 
in terms of a, a, a bragging way in terms of hey this is what I did this is what I learned from it these are areas and he was telling me specifically in Lethbridge he was saying these are areas that you want to get into for your first house these are areas that you want to get into for second third fourth these are areas where he had an average he was giving me his his average tenancy lengths his everything and things like that that you can't find that online yeah and it's cool that he is like super integrous with you with regards to that like when i bought this house um obviously i was working with one of my mom's friends so she probably wanted to ensure i had gotten a good house because she works with my mom but um I was looking at a bunch of houses in different areas and she's like, no, don't go there because of this. Please don't go there. That's not a safe neighborhood. It looks really nice, but it's not safe. Don't go here because it's close to this, which is not something that people as tenants are going to look for. So she had like my best interest at heart. And I think that's a lot of thing. That's a super unique thing that a lot of realtors potentially don't have is like really caring about their people. And the super cool thing about, you know, um, not only Kathy, but also like Ashley becoming a new realtors. I know that like people who come through this actually care about their clients because we have to. Yeah. One of the big things with, with our company is like we have to care about our clients because if we provide great experiences, we're going to get referrals. And as a student based company, having a strong reputation extre- like is extremely important. So it's really cool to see people coming through, you know, this company, whether it's re- real estate or whatever. But being super integrous and wanting to make sure that they actually are providing the best quality service and like the best experience for the people that they can. Yeah, absolutely. And with that experience, I guess back to kind of where we started, that's where I'm, that's another reason why I'm really excited for tomorrow is because we get to set the room up to provide the best experience we can for the franchisees, right? To be able to give them the best training experience, the best all-around experience for the entire year that they can possibly have which is going to be really neat to see as everyone walks into that room on friday morning but with that i think it's about time to wrap this up so that way we can we can have a a strong setup time tomorrow yeah no i agree i think it was was a cool chat kind of went off where i thought it was going but um, that's the cool thing about just chatting is the, you get to kind of chat about, you know, whatever comes up and whatever's relevant at the time. So yeah, I, I think, uh, we can definitely sign off, make sure that we get obviously a good rest so that we can set up everything and, and make sure everyone has a really awesome experience this upcoming weekend. And I think for those people who had training last weekend in BC, just to give a shout out to the operators, um, remember that this is was the first week that you guys got to go out and do the very first actions for your business. That's really exciting. Regardless of if you went out and got 20 leads, regardless if you went out and got two leads, the fact that you put time into your business is the first step in obviously seeing success for the summer. So um, just a shout out to all of you guys. Obviously, make sure that you take advantage of the time. One of the biggest things that you probably learned in training is you can't take back time. So ensuring that you do it now is extremely important, but I'm super excited for all of all of the uh, the Western franchise owners, and I'm super excited for all the East of the Rockies franchise owners who are going to get to learn a shit ton of information this weekend and then go out and, and start kicking ass for their own businesses. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, with that, we will uh, chat with you guys next week. Go out and crush your goals, and we will talk with you guys soon. Good luck, everyone.
Hey listeners, thank you for tuning in this week. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to click the subscribe button and give us a follow at The Edge Pod on Instagram. We hope you have an amazing week, push for your goals, and remember, stay off your ass.